Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast uh, brought to you as always in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited. Another busy week of football with some FA Cup success, goals galore and more besides. I'm John Phipps and on the line now is one of Broadstairs' leading heating experts. It's Mr Matt Gerrard, how are you? Good, thanks John. Very good, very good. Fantastic week in the world of football. Again, we had this conversation before. Nothing goes on in November now to... to uh, December the first when Christmas kicks in, so uh, yeah, we needed that to keep me keep me bobbing along, as they say. Are you just going to gloss over the heating expert comment? Are you? Well, yeah, that wasn't one of my finest moments. I could blame my wife, to be honest, because uh, the, well, basically, what was happening? I had to stay in because we tried when we put the heating on. My wife would have the heating on in July, by the way. So when I, finally I caved in to put the heating on, and we realised one of the radiators uh, didn't have a valve on it, so you could turn it up and down on the on the thing from there so i had to wait in all day for the british gas guy to come and have a look at it he walked in and said oh you don't need one of that mate on there mate because you need one to something to do with the boiler so it doesn't overflow so basically he then walked out the door because he'd been there approximately 30 seconds well i've been sitting in twiddling my thumbs reading the clive allen autobiography i leave a rock and roll lifestyle don't i it's better that, that to be fair that's less embarrassing than watching harry potter videos no, I didn't put the tenor. I thought I'd read a book, you see, Clive Allen's autobiography. I quite like Clive Allen, so not a bad book from there. So he was there approximately 30 seconds. I was writing five hours and I felt all right, plonker. So at least we'll know for next time. So there you go. Yeah, well done. It's, uh, it's it's good to see that, you know, I'm not the only person who can make silly mistakes when it comes to heating and stuff. When I was, funny enough, before I saw you on Monday, I had to deal with a phone call of why is the heating not working? And I was like, oh, I've got no idea, but I somehow managed to fix it over the phone. I have to say, you know, this is a very sexist comment. Women, you know, it's 30 degrees and they're cold, so heating has to go on. So I have to say, wait, turn it off because the bills will come in and it'll be too high. So there you go. Do you find that? Not really. No, I don't have, don't have too many problems with that. But, um, you know, I, I, if, if, if Hayley wants the heating on, she's more than welcome to have it. I'm not a miser like you with your three <laughs> women <laughs> that you're going to leave in yeah, the cold. I'm a miser, yeah. As you've got one of those machines, you can see it rocking over and over and over again. Ooh, it's costing me money here. Put another jumper on, love. <laughs> I'd say that to her like that. Yeah, of course you would, mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many, how many rooms away from you is she right now? A <laughs> uh, long way away, so she, she won't be there. She, doesn't, she, doesn't even, she knows I do a podcast, but if I asked her what do we do it on, she would have no idea. But to be fair, I got in on Monday and she said... Steve needs your Peterborough then. I thought, bloody hell, where's that come from? She apparently, she apparently said, I turned over at the wrong time and it was on. <laughs> there you go. So, so that was impressed that. that was the, she, she said that, Steve needs your Peterborough. Very good. Uh, after last week's conversation uh, in this section, I did just look it up and there are hundreds of podcasts about human resources, mate. I mean, maybe we're in the wrong game. Well, well they're probably, you know, these, these day and age, you know, you, you serve somebody at your, your hot drink at a degree halter. You can probably be sued by sue your company, I expect. So, yeah, there's probably a bit more uh, out there than that. So, uh, Human Resources Podcast, we'll better get on that then. But, but the thing is, though, would, you, would, you, rather, would you rather be like one of like hundreds and hundreds of HR podcasts and try and be the best, or just do something that's really niche that no one else is doing and, and be the best? Because I know which one I'd rather. Well, exactly, yeah. We are a, a forefather of Kent Non-League Podcasts. In 10 years, John, there could be... At least three of them, couldn't they? So to be honest, but <laughs> the numbers are going up, which the numbers are good last week. So thanks for everybody who's listening in, and hopefully you're listening in again. Yeah, exactly. We do appreciate it very much, and uh, yeah, it's always nice when we get a bit of a boost in it. And do you know what? As, as I always say to Matt, but you know, we ha- we don't think that the quality of our podcasts ever changes. Uh, they're all terrible, um, but. It all really does depend on the people who are in it and the clubs. And if the clubs give us a little retweet, it helps us out so much. So if you're listening and you've got access to a club Twitter account and you're thinking, you know, what could I do to help these two idiots out? Just give us a retweet for the for the show. And it does make a huge difference to our listener figures. And although that makes no difference to us for any other reason than our egos, we like our egos to be boosted every now and then, don't we, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Once we get over a magical figure, I can high five myself and say, yes, good work there, son. Go home and tell the wife. Yeah, she's not interested. <laughs> um, it's our 99th episode this week, a number of course synonymous with ice cream, uh, as well as the number of problems Jay-Z has, and the number of red balloons that Nina had at their disposal back in the 1980s. And until about half an hour before I'm now saying these words, 
I had no idea that that was actually a German hit song first. Neun und Neunzig Luftballoon was a big hit in Germany, and, and I'm sure you'll agree it's a banger in both languages. 
I think the disappointment was at half time you weren't in front you had new chances yourself had a couple of chances what did the manager say at half time just to keep going um, I think that's that's where we, we do need to get better in that final third um, the good teams have one chance and they score one goal luckily um, we kept going in the se- second half and uh, we finally got that breakthrough it was just the amount of time until um, that door would open and luckily it came in at the 84th minute I think so it was, yeah, it was nice your own performance I thought you grew into the game quite quite for the first 20 minutes but after that you, you found plenty of space behind the uh, or sorry, for the forward by the forwards yeah no uh, I think for the first 10 15 m- minutes I think everyone's trying to find their way um, how both teams are playing I didn't really get on the ball as much as I want to but um, I think with not me being on the ball it occupies one of their players so it gave the likes of Oscar even our, full, our fullbacks more time because uh, they were too busy worrying about Worrying about me, and then uh, them being a League One side, they had to go out and press, and uh, that's where I started to find my holes. My um, that's where I grew into the game and got in the holes to make things happen. So yeah, it was good. I think you couldn't think about it. You could have had a hat trick today. Hit the crossbar, a couple of good chances. You snatched that. Were you disappointed not to get on the score sheet? Yeah, I was. I had some good chances. Even one. I think the the. The biggest one I'm disappointed with was the one in the corner. Second half, it's fell, it's fell to me. My left foot at the back post, and I've just put it over the bar. That I think that's the most disappointing one. But um, yeah, I, I need to do better there um, because, like I said, the good teams have them one chance in a game, and they need to uh, make them pay. So um, it's something I'm working on every day. You say they were two leagues above you. Did you notice anything in the physicalness or the fitness of the player side? Didn't too much, did you see much difference between the two teams. Look, they're a League One side. They're League One players getting paid League One wages. Um, like I said, that's why the cameras are here because they could smell an upset, and I think we could smell it. I could definitely smell it in that tunnel just before c- coming out, look, looking around, and uh, I don't want to be. Dis- it was a big thing in confidence, and they haven't won many games this season. It is, it is, and um, don't want to be disrespectful, but most of their players had their heads down um, in the tunnel, and I could just smell it. I, I just knew. I, what my coming up to thirty now, I played over five hundred games in this in this league. I, I could sense it. Told the boys, everybody else could sense it, and then the longer the game went on, I just knew something was going to happen, and luckily we got the win. I think your FA Cup record's pretty good. You've been the second round with Mason, I think the third round with Eastleigh, so uh, yeah, yeah. it's a competition you enjoy playing in. No, it is. I've had some good uh, good memories, but also I've had some bad memories in, in this cup, but um, days like this, we need to enjoy them because you don't know what's around the corner. I, I say it to the boys, like, we... We could have been on the end of a thumping here. There were League One players, um, but we all turned up. We all all done well, so make sure we all enjoy it tonight. Yeah, the million-dollar question, who do you want in the next round? Uh, I don't know. Um, I would like to tackle that League Two um, round two and then, I don't know, round three. It's the second round. You can smell the third round now, can't you? It's getting closer, but we do need to um, we do need to get past that round, so um, we'll see what happens Monday night and we'll see who, who we get. Interesting, Matt, in that interview, he says he just had a feeling in the tunnel that there was going to be an upset, and you know, we said last week all the pressure was on Southend, and seemingly they wilted under that pressure. Yeah, they, they were pretty poor. Uh, not, that's not taking anything away from Dover, because Dover were on the front foot throughout the game, pushing them back. Andy Hessenthaler probably got his tactics right, hit the ball long and try and feed off um, Effie Young and Rig, etc. like that. And Reason had a really good game. He, he was finding pockets of space behind the front two, and he could have really could have had a hat-trick in, in that game. But it was, it was a good performance from Dover. South End fans at the final whistle were not particularly happy with uh, their team as you would expect. And David deserved to win. And I've got a thing here, a stat here, John, but somebody has, one of my good friends, has said this is not a right stat. So Trio was the first Dover player born in the 21st century to score for the club. Wow. But, do you think that's a good stat? A couple of people have said that's a good stat. Yeah, I think it's a decent stat. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not bad. But, he said, my friend, who's, that because the academy played in the Kentina Cup last year and they scored twice, does that count that one of those players who's probably likely to be born after the year, in the year 2000, should they count as the first goal scorer for Dover? I said, in my stats and the things I keep, I don't include the Kentina Cup. No, and I think... Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you in terms of, you know, if you were... The, the way I look at it, and I'm not detracting at all from the Kentina Cup, 
the way I look at it is, it. if a player gotcha. was suspended, they wouldn't be able to necessarily have that suspension in that competition. It's to me, it's it's separate, and it's all a competition where the first team don't tend to play out of habit. I don't think that it's 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 right. So I'm going to let um, your man who sounds like the song that Phil Collins did um, at, get away with that stat. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, I didn't. I should have used the suspension line because that's right. He could have, and I did say to them, if Effion scored ten as Dover beat whoever they're in the competition, I wouldn't say that's Effion's nineteenth goal of the season because he got ten in the Kent Senior Cup. No, that's very fair, actually. Yeah, you, you, yeah, it, it's. Yeah, it doesn't really count. I mean, for me, I think the big competitions, especially at this level, are the league, the FA Cup. And the FA Trophy, you know, and anything outside of that, you know, I mean, not the Velocity Trophy, um, you know, I wouldn't count that as as something worthy of those stats if we got that when we get down to, to the Isthmian League. So no, I'm I'm going to let um get yeah, Ruel, everyone's second favourite footballer with that name, uh, take that record. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that made us feel old though, John. When I saw that that somebody had scored, he born in the 21st century. But going back to it, it was a cracking finish from him, um, and we've seen. And he hasn't told, I think I told you a couple of months ago, they were trying to sign this guy. Um, but Orient, who've uh, had a few issues this season, you know, off, off the field, unfortunately, the sound of death of Justin Embrella kept him there, got a new manager in, and Dover got hold of him. And, you know, he might, arguably, because he can't play this weekend because he's away with Cyprus on the 21s, he might not ever play again for Dover. But what a cameo he's got in those 10 minutes. It was a, it was a fantastic finish. I have to say that sort of directness from a centre forward is something that Dover have missed this season because you know, you know, forever want my love for any Effiong, I don't think he would have scored that goal. No, I, I don't think he would have done either. I think it's a, it's a fine finish, and I think you know I watched it on the on the highlights on match of the day on on Sunday afternoon or so early Sunday evening, and I was watching it, and even when he picked up the ball, I didn't think he was going to score, and I, and I guess that's why you know you got so excited, bless you. But it was it was a, a brilliant finish. Yeah, but again, nothing the goalkeeper can do. It was it was a a finish of a player probably who's better than that level. I would have thought better than. The National League level, I say he scores goals for Cyprus on the 21s. I'm sure Lake Norton are going to put him back into the first team because they're not doing particularly well. But, you know, he'll go down in folklore as the man who, who scored the goal, which, is, as I said, was Dover's arguably best ever result in the FA Cup because they've never beaten a side at League One level before, or whatever it is, Division Three level before. So a good day out for the club and everybody was very happy at the final whistle and a, a good memory to have, I think, that was against Southend. I'm going to dispute that because I actually think winning away at Gillingham is probably a bigger result than beating a, a, a terrible uh, League One team. Um, however, the other question that I've got for you, Matt, is um, how many times have Dover actually beaten a league team? Well, they've, it's, they've beaten about five now, I think it is. Five five league teams, I think, which is not bad going. Six, yeah, they've been Morecambe, Cheltenham, Gillingham, uh, four or five, yeah, about five, I reckon. Perfect. Well, very good for the for the Dover Whites there. Uh, I'm impressed uh, with that. And uh, you know, the next round, not you've already mentioned it because your your wife was excited about it. Uh, but Stevenage or Peterborough, uh, I suppose we both expect that that will be Peterborough who, who go on to win that. And it's not the sort of dream tie you would have wanted if you if you were going to pull out that ball, you wanted them at Crabble again. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one, Peterborough who do score goals for fun, don't they? I think they're top scorer in the whole Football League and three strikers from that. Peterborough, one of these sides, I think you did you mention it, that always flat to the sea. They do ever so well. They always fall at the final hurdle. Um, league is probably their priority, but looking at the side, they played it against Stevenage. They played the first team with the big guns and got a late equaliser from there. I expect them to beat Stevenage. And it, it could be a step too far for Dover going there, but it'll be an open game, I'm sure, because Peterborough... People score three, but they concede two as well. So, yeah, it should be an excellent day out. Well, we're presuming it's going to be Peterborough. So. And Ineffium has scored a goal against Peterborough in the second round of the FA Cup before. So, maybe that's a sign that the big man's good against them. Lightning could indeed strike twice. We'll move on then to the other team who caused an upset from, from Kent on uh, on, the, on Saturday. It was this one. Maidstone United at home to Torquay United. You didn't give them a prayer, uh, but Dan Wishart's deflected effort gave them a 1-0 victory and, and took them into the next round as well. Fantastic result for Maidstone. Somebody said a funny old game, isn't it? Because I saw them against Kings Langley in the previous round and Maidstone, I thought, were pretty poor. Um, even though they won the game, Kings Langley could have been asked out of sight 
in the first half. And I looked at it and saw Keane score goals for fun, Jake Reed being the top goal scorer. I just didn't think Maidstone would have the quality. But what I, I probably did, did them a disservice here, Maidstone, because at home, we, we, you know, we looked at it last season. Their home form was absolutely dreadful, wasn't it? But this season, they've, apart from losing the first game of the season, they're unbeaten at nine at home. And it seems to be the feel-good factor at the Gallagher Stadium's back. And it's a great result. They got the early goal and they managed to hang on and they didn't seem to be in much trouble as well. So, And John Steele, you can never doubt a John Steele side as well. He'll be so organised. He knows tactically how to beat sides. And I think he got his tactics spot on. And arguably, I think it's maybe an even better result than Dover when you look at it. Because Torquay flying high, scoring a lot of goals. Nobody gave them a prayer. Did you give them a prayer, John? Well, I mean, I, I thought it was a tie that they could win because I know their their abilities in the FA Cup and, and time and time again, Maidstone have turned it on in the FA Cup. And I didn't look at it as, as much a doom and gloom tie as you did. I, I'm surprised they won. I'm really pleased they won. But yeah, I, I think I didn't think it was cut and dry that Torquay would win that easily. Yeah, yeah fair play to me. I thought Torquay would have too much quality. They won. They're in the habit of winning football matches. But Maidstone are now in that habit, particularly at home. So, and I, and I thought if they get anybody at home with that crowd they have there, they would have a chance in the third round. But pulling out Blackpool, again, a decent League One side, could be a little bit too far, but you never know. We spoke to Oliver Ash on the radio show on Monday night. Uh, he's never been to Blackpool before and he was talking to us from Paris. So he's in for quite the eye-opener uh, up at, uh, at Blackpool, the Vegas of the North. Um but, you know, I don't think that's a, a it, it's not a great tie by any stretch of imagination, but a great day out for Maidstone. And, you know, while all of our non-league clubs dream of getting to uh, the third round and, and play, playing one of the really big boys, you know, if you're going to get to this stage, you might as well have a, a, a great day out for your supporters. And and as I said to Oliver Ash, you know, because they're down in the in the National League South this year, they've not had many long away days. So it's, it's, it's a fantastic day out approaching for Maidstone United supporters. Oh, I'm sure they'll take a thousand plus up there. Um, people, people, I said this will come out of the woodwork for the FA Cup. But you know, a weekend away in Blackpool, the illuminations are up. It's nearly going to be well, it's going to be Christmas near enough. All everything there. What a weekend away, and what a weekend it could be for a shock. So, I think it'll be tough because, but again, Blackpool, one of these sides, score three, concede two. So, yeah, I think there'll be goals in that game. And again, John Steele, you can't write him off. He'll be doing his homework and. Game, what a great achievement if they can do it. But as a, as a day out goes, Blackpool would have been top top of it for the Maidstone fans, and they can enjoy their weekend away. Well, exactly. Yes, they can. Um, also in the hat uh, on Monday night in the, for the draw, uh, well, Bromley one one draw for them at Bristol Rovers. They were down to ten men through injuries, uh, but Chris Bush popped up with with a goal, which I think he took really well as well to earn them a replay, which is going to be on the TV next Tuesday night against Bristol Rovers. And the carrot for them is a tie against Plymouth Argyle again at home if they can win that. And Bromley, or, or what everything I've just said about Maidstone, Bromley are two home wins away from the third round. Yeah, I think it, it, it must be a magical time to be a Bromley supporter. You saw the scenes, if you can catch them on social media, when they, they equalised against uh, Bristol Rovers. you got people on the pitch sliding on their knees. Fantastic scenes, rightfully so. We thought, so was it a draw? We thought, oh, that's going to be on the telly. They've got their Bristol Rovers will come to them. Probably, arguably could be favourites to knock them out from there. Then they play Plymouth. Plymouth, a big club in League Two. They've got a chance for that. It's, it's in their own hands. If they're going to get through the third round, they're going to do it the hard way against some decent sides. But I think if you're a Bromley fan at the moment, you're probably pinching yourself how good it is going at the moment. And I'm sure it will be absolutely rocking that place on Tuesday night against Bristol Road because they'll bring a few down. And Bromley, we know their support within the community and that's really working on the terraces. Should be a good evening there. And I'm sure Michael Cheek could be licking his lips. The ball's coming in. Can he be the hero? I think they've got a great chance against Bristol Rovers. Yeah, exactly. I think that was the big thing. If they could bring them back, you know, and, and uh, it's one of those, isn't it? All the pressure now is on Bristol Rovers again. I, I use, I say that a lot, but, you know, people would expect expected Bristol Rovers to win that in, in the first game. And now they know that they've got a tricky tie against a team who are very, very good at home. Yeah, I think Bromley scored in every single game at home this season. So, yeah, they score goals at home. They're playing on the 3G. And I know... 
I think that will be a factor. They know how it works. Bristol Rovers will train on it, etc. But they won't have played ninety minutes on it. So that probably use that to your advantage. Um, um, and I think they can. They, they go ahead in that game. They'll win that game. So, and you can see we saw Neil Smith. I think he was at the draw again. He must be delighted with that. You think of the, the money that could roll in from that? Because arguably, if they get through against Bristol Rovers. The Plymouth game could well be on the telly as well. Well, exactly. That's going to be a decision for the TV companies to make. But uh, we will find out uh, over the over the coming weeks uh, what is going to be the case there. And we look forward to hearing next week how Bromley have got on. Uh, there was obviously FA Cup disappointment on Saturday for Ebbsfleet United. A late, late goal knocking them out against Notts County. A 3-2 defeat for Kevin Watson's men. Uh, you, you were saying that it tends to be when a caretaker manager gets the job on a permanent basis things start to take a bit of a, a dip and um and and so it seems i suppose a little bit yeah i think they'll be disappointed the, the, the goal they conceded they got back into the game on 88 minutes they'd have probably taken a draw up to Notts county but then uh, you know i think it was a flick on by their own player and the, the big defender they're not back post nodded it in yep so i think a couple of good things for um Absolutely, they're scoring goals, but I think they're concerned about the leakiness at the back at the moment as well at the moment. So, yeah, I, I'd be disappointed for Kevin Watson. I think he wanted a cut run. He's got the job now, but now they're left to concentrate on the league, which is still, you know, a difficult task. I think they're still four, four points inside the drop zone despite those recent um, seven points from uh, three games. So, a big task on his hand. But are you one of these people, John, who thinks, oh, you go out of the cup while we concentrate on the league, or do you think that could be a real disappointment the way they've lost to Notts County? that could have hamper their uh, league form coming up. I think that, you know, it's a, a good task for Kevin Watson to keep their feet on the ground after that after that FA Cup defeat. But I think they can focus on the league, you know, until the FA Trophy kicks in again. That's all they've got to focus on is just getting points. And they'll be looking at it and thinking by Christmas, we want to be out of the bottom four. And the FA Cup, as wonderful as it is, could distract from that. So I think for, for them, for Ebbsfleet United, in the situation they're in, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have been knocked out of the Cup. Obviously, they're disappointed, but I think it does give them a chance, especially when you've got a new manager as well. He might get a bit more time on the training ground with them to just sort of really hammer it home. And it makes, I guess it can kind of make signing players a little bit easier because we've seen before and you've mentioned it a little bit there. But they could go out and try and sign a player on loan and then he not be allowed to play in the cup. And then, you know, by the time a month's over, he's played once, you know. So I, th I think actually it may be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for Ebbsfleet and Kevin Watson. Yeah, I think so as well. They've got to concentrate on the league. I'm sure there'll be player coming in now. Now he's out of the cup competitions. He'll be looking to bring in maybe some players in and let some go. So he's still got quite a big squad there. So busy time for for Ebbsley and hopefully they can move off the top, move away from that relegation zone. Yeah, back to league action for them on Saturday at home to Hartlepool. Uh, it's Bromley against Harrogate, a game I believe Matt is going to, and uh, Yeovil against Dover on TV at twenty past five. And and obviously we'll be hoping Dover can win that. Have you seen the miss last night for the Yeovil lad? No, I haven't. It's on the BBC website, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it I I would recommend that you uh, seek that out because it well, is absolutely spectacular. If any F Young had done that, you'd have been crying. Uh, it's... No, it... oh, interesting. So, uh, right. So, well, I'll, I'll check that out later. So, yeah. was it one of the chances I would have scored, John? Uh, I think Mrs. Gerrard would have scored. Oh, right. Which is mentioning Peterborough and Stevenage at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite the miss. Uh, let's move on then to the National League South, and uh, it won't take long. Uh, Tunbridge Angels game at Hungerford was called off an hour or so before kickoff on Saturday, and then on Tuesday night, Welling United drew nil nil with Dulwich Hamlet. The end. Uh, on Saturday, there's a big Kent derby as Dartford host Maidstone United. Uh, Tunbridge Angels host St Albans City, and it's Welling United against Braintree. Those three teams also learned their FA Trophy fates this week, and next weekend it's Maidstone against Dartford. As those two were drawn together, Welling will be at home to St Albans City, and Tunbridge Angels are at home to inform Isthmian League side Bognor Regis Town. And that ties us in very neatly with our next conversation topic. Margate. Uh, Gate were in the FA Trophy this time last week, but were shocked 4-0 at Hartsdown Park by Isthmian Division 1 South Central side Tooting and Mitchum United. And then they were back in league action on Tuesday night at home to the aforementioned Bognor Regis Town. It did not go well. A 6-1 home defeat for Margate. That's 14 goals conceded in three home games in the space of a week for Margate. Uh, the usual goalkeeper Joe Tupper must be injured because uh, Craig Holloway and then Owen Kalmeyer have been in goal uh, for them in those three games but the question remains Matt what has gone wrong at Hartsdown Park 
Yeah, I think, that, you know, the FA Cup, when they got so close to getting into the first round, um, they lost to Oxford. Oxford, they lost, I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a buzz around the club when they nearly got to the first round, but they've come here. Tootin and Mitch, Tootin and Mitch and I, I thought they were in the same league as Margo. When I looked at the league table, they got relegated last year, so that was an edible stinker. Of course, the the trophy can be a, a little bit of money spinner for the sides, and if they'd have drawn a local side again, they could have made some money. That's 4 0 Tonkin there. And then when I checked my phone late last night to see how they got, and they got Tonk 6 1 by Bobner, and Bobner have not been putting up many trees. That really is a disappointing result for Margate. And Jay Saunders, who's not used to losing matches at this level, um, must be a little bit concerned from that point of view. Again, Tupper's in. I think the goalie you mentioned there, I think he's the reserve keeper, isn't he? I think, normally. So, yeah. So, you look at that Margate squad, they've got plenty of experience in there, but just not working out against a Bob Norwegian side. We're not pulling up many trees. So, and he had two subs, Bob Norwegian, but I have to say, work to be done there for Jay Saunders and Again, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm sure the, the Margate Facebook account is probably going absolutely mental today. Yeah, it wasn't particularly positive. Uh, the bits I saw uh, when I was looking at it last night, they weren't uh, huge fans, shall we say, uh, of, of some of the players. But the, the thing is, I mean, I've got the team in front of me, the, the, the Margate team that is listed here. And, and yeah, the goalkeeper would not be uh, their usual first choice. But it's a strong side, this Margate side. It's got experience, like you say. It's got talent in the shape of Reeves and Leighton and Ramadan and Richards. It's got Essuman, should be strong at the back. Prestige in midfield with a bit of experience. Sessignon, you know, that, that is just an inexcusable result for Margate. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to uh, go from this, uh, from that point of view. The, the results at home, they haven't played many. I think that's the first time they're playing at home as well the last three weeks. I know they played the Velocity Trophy or whatever, the Kent Senior Cup. From that point of view, in front of your own fans... November, December time, not the greatest time to try and get people in when it's bitterly cold. But Margate fans, they, they need to bounce back and bounce back hard. And Jay Saunders, we have a look at himself here because he, when he's been manager before, I mentioned his levels, he won football matches very, very easily. Admittedly, he might not have the same quality as players, but you should know from that point of view. And Margate just needs to, you know, step back a little bit and move along forward because otherwise, you're looking at the season's over already in November because a few points away from the playoffs. They need to pick themselves up, and we don't want to see them. We, we thought they could get in the playoffs, but at the moment, not looking good for them. No, the, the the ambition is always there at Margate, especially from the supporters who demand a lot. But as you say, Matt, they're 12th in the table, 18 points from, from 13 games. They've won two games at home in the league all season. They're 16 points off the top. That's that's not where they want to be, is it? Now, Margate, one of these sides, you normally when you get the 3G surface, you st- you're normally really good at home. But I think Margate, is it the third team they've had the 3G? Yeah. I don't think it's made any effect on their home school <laughs> results, does it? No. I haven't sort of seen them thinking, oh, yeah, 3G, you know, we picked up the 3G for Bromley earlier. But I think, I haven't done the homework, but if you look at the stats, probably the last three years they've had the 3G pitch before they had the old grass pitch hasn't made any difference to their home form. So, and in, the investment-wise might have worked in the community, but it hasn't worked on the on the, on the football field. Yes, indeed. Uh, elsewhere in that division, it was a great week for Craig Wanderers, who smashed six past Chesson on Saturday, and then followed that up with a 1-0 win at Wingate and Finchley. Uh, a hat-trick for Joe Taylor on Saturday, a new signing Joe Rollinson scored in both of those games as well. And all of that, we talk about Margate down in 12th, but Tony Russell's Craig Wanderers are fourth in the league table. So, Massive well done to them. And, and we kind of said at the start of the season, Matt, we thought they might be dark horses, unbeaten away from home. Uh, 34 goals makes them the top goal scorers in the division. What an absolutely brilliant job Tony Russell is doing. Oh, they, they did well last season, didn't they? The last couple of seasons they've really done well. They fell away two seasons ago, but they're coming there scoring goals. We mentioned Joe Taylor as well. We've seen him around the house. Margate had him at this level last year. Couldn't fit him in. Focused about this level, scores goals. So they are doing absolutely brilliantly for that. Looking good for a playoff space. If you can attract people like Rawlinson, John Lone from Stevenage, isn't it? Shows you're doing some good things there. Again, I'm beaten away from home. I think they're doing a really good job. That's a great result against uh, Wingate and Finchley. We're down the bottom of the table, but that shows you can, you know, we score goals, but you can dig in and away from home and get a result. So I think one of the uh, standout sides of the season so far, Craig Wanderers, 
And it's looking good for the uh, Isthmian Premier Division for our sides at the moment. Cray and Folkestone, so absolutely dry. They've got some good players down there. And our mate Joe Taylor, I still think he can play. Even He could play on Conference South, I'm sure, because he's a goal scorer. Yeah, I think the, the thing as well is obviously praise Tony Russell for, for the work he's doing, but you've also got to praise the chairman and the people behind the scenes there who are giving Tony Russell the, the resources to create a team. And, and I mean, you look at the team that they had out last night, you look at the team they've got, you know, and just going and signing a player on loan from Stevenage and being able to bring him in at that level, you know, it, it, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's absolutely superb. They've got some uh, Barney Williams. They've got a fullback. He was a good player in the Conference South uh, for Welling, and even before that, Mitchell Nelson. He's been around house. Joe Taylor, we mentioned, Andre Coker, Charlie Allen. Who, oh, I thought it was pretty good for the Jules when he played play for him under um, Martin Allen. So I think, yeah, they've got a good basis there. Bradley Pritchard. So players who've played at a high level, and I think uh, again, and uh, well, how close are they getting back to the ground now? And they've had that back. I think they've had a, a ceremony to to cut the turf or something even though they would put the spade in in front of the camera so all in all a good time to be a Cray Wanderers fan once they get back to the uh, to their home as well it could be good in the right direction for them yeah and another thing I suppose for uh, another thing that Tony Russell has done really well is he's not you know he, he's been the, the manager who said to players right well you know you've got us to this level but it, maybe it's time to move on and you look at the players that he's brought in um, this this season you know Coker um, Allen Pritchard, you know, they're players that have come in, obviously, at the expense of players who he knew and got him into this into this level. But he's, he's looked at it and said, no, I've, I've got to make these changes. And that is the mark of a really good manager. I think we were talking about Jason earlier before. That's what he was good at when he was at Maystone. Each level they came up, he, he moved players on quickly, moved players in, and he moved up with the level. And that's what maybe Clay Wanderers are doing. The players they're getting in, um, who have got, some of them have got scaffold experience. They've moved up. Uh, southeast of experience, and now they've got uh, it's been Premier experience and players from above who played at a higher level as well. So, all in all, good work for the for good luck for the Wanderers, and always, always been a good club as well. Yeah, absolutely. This weekend, both Cray and Margate are in Essex, away to Brightonsea Region and Bowers and Pitsy, respectively. Uh, while folks in Victor travel to Enfield, which is a trip they'll also be making seven days later, should they progress in the FA Trophy when they play Morden and Tiptree tonight. Uh, Margate are also back in action on Tuesday as they host Bishop Stortford uh, at Hartsdown Park, and they'll be hoping to have uh, either Joe Tupper or Craig Holloway back fit for those two games. Uh, in the South East Division, Cray Valley are now four points clear after their 2 0 win at Ramsgate on Saturday. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Ashford United were beaten 4-1 at home by VCD Athletic. Uh, Faversham, we'll be talking about them shortly, were 1-0 winners at East Grinstead Town. It was Hythe 2, Whiteleaf 2, at 7H2, Chichester 2, and Sittingbourne 2, Herm Bay 0. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, it was Phoenix Sports 2, Faversham Town 1 in the league. And Ashford United finally got their game at Whiteleaf played and won it by four goals to three. Uh, Faversham, big week for them, obviously beaten, uh, well, three points from, from two games but they've appointed their new manager uh, it's a name that we know it is former Chatham town manager James Collins uh, Nick Davis is in as his assistant and I think that's a very good pair of appointments for Faversham town Matt yeah well, when we saw that James Collins left Chatham we thought uh, maybe did he have another job on the horizon he didn't do it I think he had a falling out from there he's done a job in the scaffold now he goes to Faversham um, interesting if he brings his players in I didn't know that Nick Davis had gone there as his assistant so of course he was manager at Ramsgate earlier in the season so he knows his level as well as managed at a number of clubs so yeah decent appointment for Faversham ends his managerial career for the 85th time with a win uh, but they uh, lost last night Faversham didn't they but yeah we'll, we'll try and catch up with James Collins and friend of the show Harry Harding who's been on twice John and now when we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago he announced his retirement in the week <laughs> do you think he could return at Faversham well that's that is a million dollar question who knows what will happen with that um, but yeah James Collins Brad Sanderman is also in uh, as first team coach uh, at Faversham James Collins on the Faversham official website said I'm excited to be at the club can't wait to get started uh, I consider myself to be hard working ambitious manager I believe I'm a good man manager and motivator uh, I was looking for an ambitious club that matches my own ambitions so that we can progress together over the coming years. And I believe the future here can be a very exciting one. Um, so, yeah, huge good luck to James Collins. And hopefully he will be able to, to turn things around at Faversham because Faversham, a, a little bit of a sleeping giant, Matt, I'd say, in the county. 
Yeah, yeah I think um, I remember them in the Kent League was Terry Cordyce, the manager. Good facilities there, good club. As Ray Turner did a good job. They were so close to getting into the uh, it's been Premier League when they beat by Maidstone a couple of times. They lost in the playoffs. It's, it's stagnated a little bit there. James Collins, we've had him on, as I say, very confident individual. He'll look to take them to the next level. Building, will they bring in experienced players or will they stick with the youth? It'll be interesting to see what they do there. And you mentioned Bradley Sanderman there. He used to play for Dover. So I didn't know he was a, he was a coach. Was he been with James Collins before then? Uh, I think he may have been, yeah, actually. Yeah, he was at Chatham. I think we had him on the show last year. I think he was in the side when we got relegated from the National League first season, so we not go down as a legend like Saturio. Well, exactly. Um, this Saturday in the uh, in the National in the National League, you, you just confused me there. In the Eastern Sorry. League South East Division, uh, James Collins' first home game in charge will be against Three Bridges on Saturday. It's also Chichester City against Sittingbourne, Cray Valley PM against Hythe Town. Seven Oaks make the trip over to Guernsey. Uh, two o'clock kickoff over there. It's Hastings United against Phoenix Sports. Haywards Heath against Ramsgate. Herne Bay against Ashford. VCD against Burgess Hill. And Whitehawk against Whitstable Town. And then on Tuesday night, there are no games in the league. But there are games in the Velocity Trophy. And I actually had a conversation about everybody's favourite cup competition uh, on Facebook with someone involved with the uh, with the National League, uh, with the um, Isthmian League, Matt. And apparently the clubs wanted uh, this uh, this competition that, that apparently is what he said the, the clubs wanted it to be this way with all the teams like that the clubs wanted it we've spoken to one manager who's in this competition and maybe his his side voted against it because he didn't seem to want it that much today I won't give any names away there <laughs> well I've spoken to a couple off the record as well uh, this is what this is the the comment from uh, from the person uh, it was on a actually on a podcast and a podcast post as well um, the club suggested it would be a good idea to have the group stages. That's why it's a trial. Some of them have loved it as they've been able to blood some of their young players. Others have moaned about it. You can never please all of the people all the time and it will be reviewed before next season. Uh, my reply was, interesting, as I've spoken to managers off the record who had no idea it was coming. I find it bizarre that I can't even find the tables. It seems very long winded to play all these fixtures for the lower level teams in already congested time of the season. Uh, there was no response uh, to that. However, uh, there you go. Um, that is uh, that is pretty, pretty pretty much that. But we will see what happens with that comp- cup competition going forward. But I'll be surprised if we have this group stage again next year, Matt. Wouldn't you? Well, I would have thought so. But again, how many cup competitions they won on this? It reminds me, for old listeners, the AC Delco Cup. That was one of a competition that was a bit like this. Or the Night Floodlit Trophy. Back in the day, you had numerous competitions. But um, I don't think it's a competition that should be carried on as it was but maybe not the way it's doing at the moment no exactly let's move on then to the Southern Counties East League and we have got another interview for you this week because on Saturday the leaders Beckenham Town took an early lead at Corinthian but they were pegged back and Corinthian claimed a victory and Michael Golding was very very pleased with that win Uh, as you'll hear last year Beckenham were absolutely flying at the start of the season and Corinthian uh, were the ones who ended their run so here is the Corinthian manager Michael Golding really pleased um, naturally the boys uh, after man a, a goal down after a minute wasn't the best start obviously um, but yeah the boys stuck to the game plan I think it was probably a deserved three points on the balance of play you say going a goal down what was that like against a team that have been playing so well to, to go behind that early yeah you, you naturally worry um, it's never ideal but 91, 92, 93 minutes to go and find the equaliser and find a winning goal. Um, but everything we'd spoke about in training in terms of what they we anticipated they were going to do and how it was going to work, it kind of played out that way. Um, but you just don't really want to fall behind to a team that are flying and doing very, very well. And they're a good side. They've got lots of good players um, and, and they'll be there or thereabouts again this year. And I fully expect, I think if you finish above Beckenham, I think you'll be in one of the two promotion places. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? I suppose your your whole team talk and everything, you, you must just sort of sit there and go, oh, that's all been a waste of time. Yeah, it does. Like, it makes you wonder whether the boys have listened to you. Um, but like I say, the first 20 minutes, they, they were definitely on top. Um, and then from then, there, there was a couple of incidents that happened and their players unsettled themselves, really. Um, and then, like I say, from there, the, the game plan then started to come to fruition. And, and like I say, it, it was deserved. It wasn't the prettiest performance, um, but but we worked hard. And, and like I say, I do think we definitely deserve to win. 
We talk about Beckham being in good form, but you're in quite a run yourselves, aren't you? Yeah, we've had we've had a weeks. We've had um, we lost away at AFC Croydon, which we changed the team around slightly to counteract what we thought they would do, and and rather than worrying about ourselves, which the majority of the time we do, it it probably falls on me. I try to be a little bit too clever, maybe, and and change the shape slightly. Um, but that's probably the only blip in the six or seven weeks. So we're really pleased. Um, after a shaky start where when we spoke previously we spoke about maybe there was a hangover and it took us a little bit of time to adjust again this year and we're trying to play in a slightly different way to what we did last year and we've changed personnel so it's taken a bit of time but yeah no the boys are playing really well at the moment and, and like I say we're in a good bit of form. And you say obviously someone who finishes above Beckenham will be in the promotion places do you look at the league table and see that they're, they're still eight points clear and, and they've played two games fewer it's not over though is it? No, I don't think it's over. I think we've seen in the scaffold that people do beat each other. Um, but they're, they're the team to catch. They've got the points on the board. Um, they've, they've lost, I think, the fewest games in the league. So, yeah, I, I still think they're the team to catch, but I don't think it's over by any stretch. What do you make of the division this year? It, it, again, I mean, we, we expected Beckham to be up there. We expected Chatham to be up there. We probably expected you to be up there. Sheppey in fourth. All the teams that we, we thought were up there. But it is one of those leagues, isn't it, where everyone can beat everybody else? Yeah, like I say, I think once they they can, everyone can beat each other. I think there's, there's beginning to be a little bit of a divide at the bottom, um, and then there are the, the top few sides. But you've got teams like Well in Town that have come through and they're, and they're playing really well this year, and they're they're an entertaining team to watch. Um, they remind me a little bit of the Fisher of last year that came out of nowhere and were were in and around it. And I fully expect Well in Town to be there. Holland and Blair are strong on the physical side. Glebe have obviously got Gary Alexander, who knows what he's doing. Um, you look at the table he's all the way down to ninth Canterbury will, will back themselves to, to be fighting out for promotion uh, You mentioned Fisher there obviously they're your opponents this weekend they're unbeaten in five even though they're down in 15th Yeah no they've, they've had their fortunes changed since they changed their manager um we had someone go and watch them last night. They played against Ear of Town, uh, lost on penalties. But we had someone go over and watch them. We were at Ascot ourselves looking at them ready for the Vars. Um, so, yeah, tough game on an Astro. Not the easiest place to go. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll train on Thursday. And we've got a couple of bits of information on them that hopefully we we can plan and then and then move forwards. You, you mentioned the Vars that you've kind of preempted where I was going to go. But um, you're still in it. Um, Ascot United, what are they like as you saw them last night? Good side, won 7-0 last night against Abbey Rangers. Um, two very, couple of very good players, pingers that are, are quick and direct. Um, and they're top of their league and they're flying in their league. So it's a really good test for us. Um, I'd imagine, obviously, being at home, but I'd imagine they'll be the favourites for the tie. Um, but yeah, like we, we set out to, to stay in the Vars until after Christmas and, and this is the final hurdle to do that. Um, we, we played uh, Canterbury at home, which probably not many people fancied us. But we, we got a great result against those and, and we've kind of carried on from there. So, yeah, Ascot will be a really tough test. They're, they're a good side um, and, and they're flying in their league. So they'll, they'll be confident. And I guess we saw last year that the, the Vars isn't necessarily something that's going to impact on your league form. Because Cray Valley obviously got to the Vars final and, as you as well you know, they won the league. But you, you can do well in both, can't you? Yeah, I think so. And we've made a point and we always say about the cup competitions, we're still in the Kent Cup, we're still in the Scaffold League Cup and obviously in the Vars as well. So we're still fighting on four fronts. And what that does is that enables us to have a slightly larger squad and we can rotate the team slightly. Um, we're away at Brydon Ropes next Wednesday in the Kent Cup. So again, we'll rotate that. We'll respect the competition. We'll respect the opposition. But we will rotate slightly to give the players that are on the fringes a chance to claim a place in the league games and the Vars games. Um, but yeah, it's not like we're taking one competition more serious than others or we're taking anything lightly. We are trying to win all four competitions that we're in and we, it's been proven with Canterbury getting to the semi-finals and Cray Valley getting to the final that the Scaffold teams can do well. We know it's tough, we know it's going to be hard and our situation and our scenario probably makes it more unrealistic but, but the boys are playing well and, and like I say on our day that we've got a good enough squad that we back ourselves. And that helps, all helps put you on the map doesn't it because you know you are sort of in, in a little bit of a, a quiet area there's not a lot around you not a lot of chimney pots as is the thing and, and everything that that happens that's a positive on the pitch can only be good for Corinthian as a club. Yeah, I think so. I think the the form that we had last year, obviously disappointing to drop away in the last couple of weeks of the season and then the cup final. Um, and then the form going into this year, we're sitting third in the table. OK, we played a few more games than people and that will even itself out. 
but I think it's all positive for the club and, and more so for the boys and the players that are that are being given this platform. We've got players that are 20, 21 years old that have played 200 senior games of football now. Um, they've been in the first team since they were 16, 17 years old. So when they go on to bigger and better things in a year, two years' time, they hopefully will have had a good grounding and, and we will help them on their way. Uh, what, what can you say, Matt? Uh, you know, Corinthian are, are doing so well. You know, we, he, he mentioned there about the hangover that he did feel after last season, but they're they're up there again. They're third in the league, and he's got he's looking at the top of the table again. And you've got to say fair play to to his players, but also fair play to him because you know he's doing a great job. Well, every time when I before I started doing this sort of podcast when you look at it when you look at some of the teams from the scaffold area etc like that and you think oh they probably just train once a week then go on a Saturday but what you, listen, what you got from that interview there is how they look into it they try and work out the opposition and I think the, the quality and the, there's a quality of excellent coaches are out there who want to improve themselves in the game so it's, it's coming into quite a tactical sort of game he worked out how he could beat Beckham and they did it but he did his homework and I, I think that's Something there, it comes again. Like all the managers we speak come across in this pod, they come across so well, don't they? How they know their stuff and how they think they can improve players and themselves as managers. So a great result. And it, interesting to see he doesn't think the scaffold title's over. I think last week I sort of signed it off, but <laughs> when I checked this, when I checked the uh, score and I saw they won two one, thought, oh, here we go. I think did Chatham lose as well last week? They did, didn't uh, they? Did Chatham lose? Yes, they did. They were beating two yeah, exactly. on the thinking, oh, it's going to be, maybe it's going to open itself up, because we've seen before, sides so doing well, then they miss out, because it's just about this time last year, Corinthians were probably mid-table, they went on a run, and were picked in the final week of the season, so um, it definitely can be done, and it's opening up to be a, another decent scaffold year. Exactly, it is, uh, before we move on to the rest of the league action, Tuesday night, they finally got that FA Vars tie uh, between Beerson and Chatham played, then it was uh, Chatham Town who won that by one goal to nil, a Paul Vine strike taking them through, uh, but going back into the league, and, and you know how we, we say there's there's goals in the scaffold, Matt, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've got one team with uh, two teams with six and a seven from uh, from the Premier Division on Saturday. Uh, yes, as sir. the results were, AFC Croydon Athletic one, Lordswood six, Canterbury City nil, Greenwich Borough one. So shock result that one. Uh, Corinthian two, Beckenham one, as we've already heard. Irith Town one, Bearsted two. Hollands and Blair after Simon House, he said one nil a do. Seven, Irith and Belvedere one. Uh, K Sports nil, Glebe one. Punjab United two, Fisher three. Sheppey United six, Deal Town two. Tunbridge Wells 2, Chatham Town 0 as we've heard and Wellingtown 2, Crowborough Athletic 1 and Wellingtown still doing absolutely fantastic and they are also on my list of clubs I'll be catching up with again very, very soon. Uh, looking... I think Crowborough were down to 8 men in that game as well, wasn't they? They were, yeah, I did I did read that actually. Yeah, they played the last little bit with uh, with 8 men and, and given that they've shipped 8 a couple of times this season I suppose to lose that one 2-1 they're probably quite happy with that. Yeah, but, uh, but both of them last week of course we had Simon Housey on and they had a great result. We had Deal on as well and saying that I'm confident they were, and they got Tonk six to it at Sheppey, so uh, worked. Um, yeah, but not good for our, some of, good for one of them, and not good for the other. In so that just proves that week. being on the Kenonly podcast has no real effect on your result either exactly, way. So yeah, there's no yeah, excuse yeah, exactly. for not answering your phone. Or, or... That's a good idea. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> this Saturday in the Premier Division, it's AFC Croydon against Punjab United. Beckenham host Hollands and Blair. Chatham and Beerstead meet again this time at Maidstone Road. Canterbury go to Crowborough. It's Deal Town against K Sports, Fisher against Corinthian, Glebe against Wellingtown, Greenwich Borough against Sheppey United, Lordswood against Irith and Belvedere, and Tombridge Wells against Irith Town. Uh, into the first division uh, and the results this uh, the weekend. More goals here as well. Croydon 2, Rustall 3, FC Elmstead 1, Greenways 2, Homestale 4, Brydon Ropes 1, Lewisham Borough 1, SC Thamesmead 1. Meridian VP 2, Lidtown 1, Rochester United... Got to take the chances of what I'm hearing from my Lidtown playing really well at the moment, but they're missing a lot of chances from my my scout in the office there about Lid, but they're doing all right. Very good. Uh, Rochester United, click soon. Rochester United 5, Kent Football United 0, Snodland Town 0, Forest Hill Park 2 and Stansfield 1, Kennington 0. So only three teams in that division failed to score on Saturday, which uh, which speaks volumes. Uh, this weekend in that division, Bryden Ropes against Stansfield... Forest Hill Park against Homesdale, Greenways against Kent Football United, Kennington against FC Elmstead, Lidtown against Lewisham Borough, Rochester United against Meridian VP, SC Thamesville against Croydon and Sutton Athletic against Rostall. And that brings us to the end of this week's Kent Only podcast. Whew. I just feel like I've just been talking for about 10 minutes there, Matt. I'll tell you, that going through those fixtures and results. But that is 
that, that that's the nature of it. And you know, um, ninety nine times you've done this now, mate. Can you believe it? I, I cannot. Ninety nine red red excitements we've had the technology. Next week. Sorry. Maybe, will I say ninety nine right then? Red, red excitements. excitements. What, what what sort of podcast do you think this is? <laughs> but next week, maybe in the in the windowless office that I'm in here. Maybe I should decorate it or do something for our hundredth episode. Well, How fun- many people who listened to that first one of absolute probably drivel have carried on listening? Do we have somebody who's listened to it, apart from yourself? Have listened to all the hun- all ninety nine joking? Well, there must be. There's got to be because otherwise, someone, Super fan. someone's listened to it. Uh, but yeah, let us know. Um, and also next next Wednesday, as well as being when we may record the 100th episode of the Kent Only Podcast, is also uh, my one year anniversary of living in Eastbourne. So it's a it's a big day all round. Party Central, mate. Party yeah. Central. 100 episodes. That is... We should really be doing something exciting. Nobody said we could come and do it in their house and give us free sandwiches, did they? Someone so. said we could do it in the centre circle at Crabble to give some excitement, uh, some entertainment right. we'll at Crabble. But yeah, what I would love, and I've kind of done this a couple of times before, but there are people out there who really enjoy this show and, you know, really love it if people would just sort of tell us that you how much you enjoy it. Maybe we'll read some out next week because... It's a bit of a, a special episode for us next week. So if you like the podcast, send us something nice. If you want to send us an audio clip, even better, I can give you uh, an email address to, to, to send an audio clip to. But it would be great to um, to hear from people and just tell us how we've improved your experience of, of non-league football and, and what you like about the show, um, what you don't like about the show, if you want, but I won't put that in. But it would be nice to hear from, from the people out there, our, our loyal listeners, about, about how much you've enjoyed uh, the last 99 uh, episodes of the Kent Only podcast. We would genuinely love to hear from you all. I did get one. The guy in the office who didn't like football and listens to it now came up to me and said, Burger King hash browns are better than McDonald's. So Ooh. if I've got something out of the last 100 episodes, it got out that I need to um, go to Burger King and try their hash browns as well. And that's what it's all about, John. Yep. Life's new experiences. Well, exactly. And, to be, and to be fair, Matt, and we might, we'll probably have a bit more of a reflection uh, next week on the show but when we start when we first had the idea of this podcast did you think it would be anything like it is no as i say it's one of my highlights of my week i really enjoy doing it so and we were nominated once mate so yeah non-winning nominated <laughs> podcast as well which is can go from well and there can't be well 100 episodes is a well i've got to get there next week nothing happens to me in the next seven days but yeah it's a fantastic achievement i'll raise my brat or raise my pen in the office next week yeah but if anybody wants anything your favourite episode or why you listen to it if you can just spread the word for 100 episodes I didn't think we'd get to 10 John so getting to 100 is a fantastic knock yeah get in touch with us on uh, on social media uh, either Twitter or Facebook and if you do want to send us anything else I will give you uh, some, de- some details of, of how to do that I'm not going to put them on the podcast because I don't really want to share my email address or phone number uh, on here uh, we was just going to say before we finish and I do need to get a quick link up uh, that friend of the show you talk about raising your bat you absolutely reminded me Matt about that I needed to mention this uh, your friend uh, your cricketing friend Tom Bird yeah. uh, on Monday uh, sent me a link an unsolicited uh, message on Twitter um, asking me to vote for his dog to win a competition on Facebook uh, now his dog is called uh, Lula uh, and she is in a competition called Super Dog of the Month uh, and he has sent me the link to his photo and asked us that we like the picture uh, in order to help uh, young Lula be crowned Super Dog of the She's Month. She's a menace, that dog, but I've been around his house. I, I, I started coughing and spluttering because dog hair and all things like that, and he just kept jumping up and down, so there you go. So uh, other people might think she's cute, but if you've been in her company, she can be of a menace. And if she does win, she gets a lifetime of remote controls because all she did during that was chew up his sky remote which made me laugh well i'm li- i'm going to tweet out the links uh from the kent on league podcast account so if everybody out there could vote for uh for tom's dog that would be uh that would probably make his 200 quid's ma- worth of food or something for the wow. dog so excellent well that would make uh, that would make his day and he is a regular listener of the podcast uh, he wants included us as a quiz question as well uh so in his, in his pub quiz uh so it would be the least we can do to uh to help tom's dog uh, win the prize so that would be uh, that would be absolutely lovely but anyway that is it for this week's Kent Only podcast uh, do listen back to our show radio show Monday night we did speak to Oliver Ash and Andy Hessenthaler about the FA Cup draw 
uh, as well as race walking. Uh, I have some video footage I still haven't edited of Matt's attempts at race walking. Let's just say he won't be going to the Olympics uh, anytime soon. Um, and this Monday on Radio Kent, nine o'clock, we will be discussing cheerleading. And I know you're looking forward to that, Matt. Absolutely. I am really looking forward to that. Bringing my pom-poms for my daughter's Halloween costume just in case that I'm needed. Excellent. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Michael Golding, Joe Reason for chatting to us uh, on this week's podcast. And thanks, of course, as always, uh, to Matt Gerrard for giving up his Wednesday lunchtime. Uh, that is it for this week's show. Thank you very, very much uh, to everybody for listening. And we will speak to you all next week for our 100th episode. 99 Red Balloons go.